Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right. Welcome back to the Run Dot Down post game show here on the Strickland YouTube channel. If you listen to this the day, the day after the Strickland Podcast Network, I am Sam. I'm joined by Schwinn. Knicks win their third straight game, 129 107 over the Charlotte Hornets. Um, finishing off this homestand three and zero, pretty good. Um, before we get started, though, I do have this to I have this I do have this to say. The last of the major pro sports leagues kicks off this week, and Bet Online is your top spot for all your NBA action this season. With MLB postseason, NFL, and college football and NHL in full swing, Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds. Trends and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport, anytime. Head to the Bet Online app today to get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code BLEAV, that's B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, so <clears throat> Knicks win in another blowout versus another. Some floundering team, I, I should say. <laughs> I was trying to find the right word to describe the Charlotte Hornets. Trying to find the right way to express how bad the Hornets are. <laughs> yeah, they're 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 absolutely grotesque of a basketball team. Lamella Ball is their one saving grace, and if he's not if he's if he's healthy, then that's the only thing they got going for them. If not, it's pretty bad basketball going on over there. Um, but yeah, the Knicks took care of business, which you like to see, um, and. All their top players played pretty well. Um, can't complain about most of the output that we got from guys like RJ, um, Randall Brunson, Robinson, and Quickly. Those five, and mainly Barrett, um, Robinson, and Quickly have been consistently the top performers every game. Um, so, I mean, got a lot of positives to talk about. Schwinn, where do you want to kick things off? Because I think we both want to start with maybe one Emmanuel Quickly. Um, yeah, yeah, he was he was great. Uh, just real quick, Randall eight of sixteen, Brunson seven of twelve, RJ nine of sixteen, quickly five of nine, um, like Mitchell Robinson five of seven, Josh Hart three of six, Hartenstein two of three, eight of your nine rotation guys, or sorry, seven of your nine rotation guys shot over fifty percent from the field. Um, Grimes was two of five, he only made two threes, he shot only threes, uh, and then Divincenzo was three of eight. So like. I mean, this was the Knicks' first complete team explosion. Um, like they they got production from everywhere. Uh, so yeah, it was it was awesome to see. Um, <clears throat> not gonna lie, I did not. I thought I thought Randall really was like off of it until the end of the third quarter when he just kind of was like, oh yeah, the JT Thor is made of like he's made of aluminum. Sticks and bones. Yeah, I can destroy this man. Uh, once he did that, and he's like starting, started, stopped overcomplicating things. I think he was, he was fine. The decision making at times, still to me, I'm like, eh, I don't know. But I, I don't want to like treat I, every game doesn't need to be like a referendum about whether Julius Randle can do it in you know the second round of the playoffs or whatever. Like, we'll we'll cross that bridge, and you know maybe tomorrow will be a better discussion for that anyway. But yeah, overall, just really really awesome game. Um, Knicks had. 25 assists but it definitely felt like the ball was moving really well with that bench unit uh still feel like brunson again like he had 20 points he had one assist i I didn't feel like he played a selfish game today but you still would like to see him 
find more of a playmaking groove than he has so far this season. Um, but it's okay. He was cooking. I think it was fine if he was hunting for his own shot today, given some of his struggles. Uh, RJ, again, with that bench group was awesome. Yeah, quickly was great. He had 17 points, nine assists, five rebounds, only one turnover. Uh, RJ Barrett, he only had two assists, but I feel like he made really good decisions today. I thought he generally played within himself. I liked most of his shots. Um, this was a really, like, and again, you're watching another game where you're just like, he's putting up, you know, he's 24 points and it just feels easy. Like he's just cruising through his work, getting through everything that he needs to. And it just. Which is a far cry from last year because it <laughs> yeah. felt like if he got 24 points, it was a miracle. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I, I think it's really impressive and really encouraging that our three most consistent um performers this year have been guys that we have drafted that we have developed um in rj in quickly and in mitch um shout out to mitch 10 points nine rebounds um it it felt like he had much more than that just because like i don't know it made it felt like there was such a big deal made of mark williams's last game that you know mitch coming into this game and absolutely dominating mark williams and the Charlotte Hornets bigs on the glass felt that much more emphatic and that much more prominent. Um, but yeah, Mitch just continues to, to be dominant in the paint. And, you know, that's just very encouraging to see right now. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's just like super under control. I think his just general, like, I don't want to say approach, but his, like everything just feels in rhythm. Um, the threes he's getting are not forced. They're in rhythm. When he drives, it feels like he's not driving to hunt necessarily for his own offense. He's driving because it's the right play. Um, and that's really the best thing you can say about him because it just feels like every play he's making right now is actually what the correct decision would be um, in like what you would want him to do. And that was not how it felt last year. It's like obviously just a thing he struggled with throughout his career is just kind of like, picking and choosing his spots correctly. But right now, I mean, he's doing a great job of it. Uh, two of three today from the free throw line. So, you know, he missed one finally, but like, he just feels confident. It just feels, everything feels good. And he's moving well. Uh, his balance looks good. I, I don't know. His defense has also just been consistently like fine. Like it's good. He's, he's switching. He's fighting over screens as best he can. That's all you can ask for. As long as he's giving the effort, that's all you got to deal with. Um, but yeah, I just I also just really like how that group with him and quickly like I think they're playing well off of each other. Uh, I feel like quick uh, is better about kind of getting off the ball for RJ to let him get some opportunities on it, uh, coming off the screens, pin downs, whatever. Um, so seeing just how they are playing off each other, and then obviously how they're playing individually as well, it feels like they're playing well individually and they're complimenting each other. And then they're also lifting that group. I know that, you know, often it's RJ or, <clears throat> or Randall at the four with that bench group right now, it feels like it, it looks at least offensively a lot better with RJ. At least it looks, it looks more together, cohesive. Um, Randall, again, he had a really good stretch of the bench to close the third quarter, but that felt more like Randall was having a good stretch. Um, he was he touching the ball a lot. He was getting into the paint a lot. Yeah, it just it, it um, this isn't really even a knock on it. It's just like it was not some awesome team play that was going on. And I feel like um, with RJ right now, you see that ball kind of zip around a little bit more, trusting extra passes, uh, sometimes a little bit too much. But like you would rather have that issue than the other way, especially considering how stagnant 
at times a starting group can be even today like you know they were all you know we shot the ball really well but that even that starting group it still felt like it was a lot of iso like 1v1 work so um yeah i do like that rj gets to play with that bench and i just like how that group is playing together yeah and i mean i i think you can see like i think the the movement got encapsulated on these two um plays um there was the play where i heart not i heart um well i heart finished off the cut the the play from divincenzo which started off by iq that was great movement on that play um that just kind of really sums up how the bench plays together but the starters also had a very nice play where um brunson passes it to i believe Randall passes it to Grimes, who drives baseline, and then RJ cuts in and he passes it to RJ, who gets a nice dunk on Mark Williams. I think that is absolutely um, the play of the year so far by the starters, just because like that was the most cohesive and the most together that they looked, and that is the most similar they've looked to how cohesive the bench can look. Um, but yeah, the, the, those two plays really encapsulated um, how well the Knicks have played as of late recently and hopefully they can continue get this momentum rolling on into the um boston game tomorrow because the schedule really starts to ramp up these next couple days um this week in general actually um but yeah um we do have some stats here um going along with our rj theme here um, Jordan Bubb says that RJ Barrett is averaging 22.6 points per game on 60, 62% true shooting, 50% from three on 5.7 three-point attempts. The only player in the league putting up these numbers or better. Um, pretty encouraging. I I don't think the three-point percentage is necessarily going to hold up. I mean, I would love to be wrong and RJ be a 50% three-point shooter. Um, what would that be like the first ever in league history or something, or like one of those like weird <laughs> bubble, one of those weird bubble COVID AD, years, the AD um, bubble experience, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like if he can like still hover around like 38%, which seems pretty doable the way he's shooting, like his his shot definitely looks different, he looks more confident, he's taking better shots. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean look, I, I don't. Do I, if I were to put money on it, I wouldn't bet money that he's going to keep shooting over 40% from three for the rest of the year or that he would finish over the year 40% from three. But um, <clears throat> if you wanted to be optimistic about how well he can shoot, the fact that he's shooting free throws as well is like probably the biggest encouraging sign in that sense. Like free throw shooting percentage obviously often moves kind of, you know, I don't want to say in par- parallel, but like they're. It's they, a good indicator. Yeah, it's a good indicator. And so. For him to be shooting the free throw this well bodes kind of it bodes well for his three point shooting. You would think that um, that is if he keeps that up, I feel like I think you can maybe even bump up what you know from league average to what you just mentioned, like 38, 39%. And that would be huge for him, obviously, and huge for us. So um, you know, look, last year one of the big problems was that RJ wasn't getting respected as a three-point shooter offensively. And I think at times in the playoffs, you could kind of see what the issues were. Obviously we all know about the RJ and Hart lineups, but like um, if he's shooting like this, I mean, if it changes so much for, for everybody, for him, for the team, for the lineup season. Um, So (laughs) yeah, I I just think he's playing really well. I'm just, I don't even know. 
Okay, real quick though, what can we get for Randall today after three straight non-disgraceful games? Uh, he's not getting <laughs> traded in season, buddy. I don't know to tell you this from Omar. Uh, I, I um, it's got to be better than Cat's assumed value, which Brian Windhorst said is no first-round picks. Um, I got to assume Randall's value is a little bit better the way Cat's been playing um, this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't think they're going to trade Randall this year either. Yeah, they're not going to trade Randall this year. Uh, but like, look, he had a. I thought his end of the first half was really bad his defense at times in the first half especially were not good played a bit he played better in the second half i thought he made cleaner decisions even within some of the decisions he was trying to make he ignored grimes a couple of times in the corner for some reason in the second half like and which he did on the final play of the fucking first half uh as well but like yeah look he's he's not going anywhere right now so um yeah i i think that You'll we got we got we, we got to live with the lumps right now apparently because you know he's apparently not fully healthy. Um, that article that came yeah. out over the weekend. I don't think he is fully healthy. I think you can see it, but like, it still doesn't. Some of the decisions obviously have nothing to do with health. So like, those things are whatever. The ankles we'll, affecting his brain. Come on, Schwinn. Uh yeah. That, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure if I buy that one, but uh, you know, I get it. Um, but yeah, look, I, I thought. <laughs> Randall was fine like that he's playing better for sure the last few games than he was prior but still think you want to see more from him um and I I think you're seeing signs of it the three that he took that he airballed it just that, kind of, that, that one to me is kind of like where you can see he does not have his legs fully under him yeah that he was looked gassed at, yeah he looked gassed at various points he was like raising his hands to like get subbed out yeah the third quarter so like and then he took an yeah. iso weird ass layup that went in yeah, that was funny. Um, but yeah, he, he was really good. And then Mitch was awesome. Mitch dominated. I think Mark Williams is a really good young center. And like he did nothing today. Like he was basically in hell because he had no answer for Mitch. He couldn't get anything going. Uh, the numbers look okay for Mark, I guess. 10 points. 10 and 4. I mean, compared to his last game, we uh, yeah, had 21 exactly. and 24. Right. And, and that's what I was saying before. I think like Mitch has really <laughs> done well in playing against these centers that have been having really good games this year so far. Um, which makes me very interested to see how he handles the Embiid matchup. Um, uh, <laughs> um, because Embiid has been someone that has given him issues in the past. Um, so I am interested to see how this new and improved version of Mitch, like this is like Mitch, like 4.0 um, versus what Embiid likes to do with his tricks and whatnot of foul baiting and whatnot. So it's going to be very interested to see that matchup whenever that happens. But, Yes, Mitch has been very encouraging versus all these centers that have been having pretty good games. And we play against the Celtics tomorrow, so another good matchups versus Porzingis. Um, Porzingis kind of lit us up from a three the last game, right? I don't know. We had like three or four threes or something like that. Um, yeah, Porzingis, he had like, yeah, whatever. He, 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 just, he torched us in the first and fourth quarters of that game. Yeah, so interesting to see how Mitch handles that um will he handle will he try to approach it the same way he approached um Wemby because I remember he brought up um Chris Stapps in his Wemby comparison sort of so interesting oh, yeah. that matchup goes up goes out tomorrow um I did see a stat about quickly as we can start to talk about him um he is at 15.3 points per game this year so far on four for uh with four Point one assists, three point four rebounds, thirty six percent from three, sixty one point one true shooting. Um, and someone mentioned Christopher Vieira says that that is that is 
basically crazy and impressive because his minutes are down this year. Um, so that just goes to show how impressive he's been. Um, I think Hart is still coming in before him, which is still a very interesting choice. I still don't like it. Um, I, I, I'm still wondering if um, Dibs is doing this based on matchups still. Um, but either way, well, he brought I'm, he brought he brought Hart and quickly in at the same time in the first half today, actually. Yeah, and then the second half he brought in Hart first. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see if this is, is a threat if if this is a trend that continues. Um, but I mean, hey, quickly's been performing no matter what. Um, he, it doesn't seem like he's letting this affect him, which did seem to be the case in the past. Like I feel like when his minutes were affected or they were fluctuating. Um, he was more likely yeah. to perform a little bit um, worse just because I think it was affecting his confidence. But I think now his confidence is just like through the roof and he knows no matter how many minutes he's playing, he's going to do something and perform um, at a high level. So whether it's offensively, defensively, and so far it's been both at the same time to start the year, which is very encouraging because we know in the past that he struggled to start the year um, on the offensive side. So, yeah, um, that's, that's for sure. Um, he, he's, playing extremely confident um today was kind of the first game in a while where he uh you know he only he was one of three inside the arc but he had the three ball going today so it's like you know when you he he has so much more to his game now where it's like these games where he's kind of getting lifted up by the three-point line are kind of becoming the exception which is kind of it's it's interesting how he's developed as a scorer um but like man you got to look at just that group in general, like I didn't even think Josh Hart played a great game and you know, he's a plus 16 and it's like you, uh, that jumper he made where he like dribbled off the three point line. I don't know what the hell that was, but whatever <laughs> it was nice to see him get going in transition a couple of times today. Um, and yeah, I mean, just in general, like felt like everybody was into the game. He had a one really nice pass to DiVincenzo on a cut um, that I, I thought was maybe the pass of the game. It was just really, really good kind of two-man game between those two um and it, and you can see like how um like how they kind of play off of each other in a way that's instinctive and uh i think you're going to start seeing more of that from the entire group I, like there are a few moments where i saw them all, all kind of huddling up like quickly rj divincenzo and just kind of talking through like oh yeah no like be there like just I think they're getting a, a good understanding now of how they're playing off each other. I gotta say, I don't know what the hell Hartenstein was doing today. It just felt like he was like bumbling all over the place and like what he fouled out in 18 minutes today. Uh, really weird. It was a weird Hartenstein game. It felt a little bit like Hartenstein from the start of last season. Um, but give us yeah. a little blast from the past. Yeah, it was. You know, I'm not sure who wanted to see that blast from the past. But yeah, I mean, he he was he was legit. Um, not that great today. And even then, again, like. He actually had the high, the second highest plus minus team at plus twenty four. So like that kind of lets you know how awful the Hornets are. I mean they're they're fucking terrible. Um, Lamelo Ball thirty three minutes minus thirty two. <laughs> PJ Washington twenty two minutes minus thirty. Like he didn't do jack shit. He looked like he was drunk. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe Brittany called him again or something. Uh. Um, but. <laughs> Um, Would not blame him for picking up. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I get it. I get it. Just wrap it up, buddy. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, like I don't, I, I don't really know what to make of that team. Like, 
it's I think it's easy to be like, oh, LaMelo plays stupid basketball and like that's why he's a losing player, but there's no one for him to like aside Has from Mark, to. well, it's just like aside from Mark Williams, I'm like, what are you building here? And look, it sucked for them that Brandon Miller got hurt early in this game. He actually looked good. Um, I thought he was shooting the ball well. I, I kind of like have enjoyed watching him when I've seen him this year, what minimally I've seen of him. I'm promise you I'm not watching uh I haven't been tuning into the Hornets games religiously, but yeah, he, he's looked pretty good, and I, it's unfortunate. Hopefully, his injury isn't that serious. But man, that team is fucking brutal. And I, good luck to Steve Clifford for the rest of the year, man. That's going to be a long season for them. What's up, Jeff? Jeff has joined us, folks. Jeff, your mic is, I think your actual mic is muted instead of. Yeah, on. not your screen. Yeah. There you go. There you go. How are we? There you go. There you go. Yay. Um, not the best with technology. That was a good game. It's nice to nice to just win a game you're supposed to, and they've been doing that so far this year. Um, I I agreed with every single thing Schwinn said. So surprise, surprise. Um, yeah, especially like the Hardenstein thing was funny because it did seem like he was like drunk or something. Like something was weird about <laughs> that about his game on on both sides of the floor too. Like on defense, he was like. He was like one of those kids, you know, like when you're like eight and there's that eight year old who's really big, but doesn't know, isn't coordinated. So he just like tackles people <laughs> like that was hard. That was hard and sign out there today. It was very strange. Um, I think one of the things when you started to talk about just how bad the Hornets are, I think that's why you have to. You have to put focus on what to be um, encouraged by and like the sustainability, like <laughs> I don't want to turn this into like a shit on Julius show, but I found the reaction to Julius's game very puzzling because I thought he played terrible. I thought he was awful. I thought he, I thought like, I thought everything good he did was like, Oh, the Hornets are really bad. And he was exploiting the, he was exploiting them in a way that won't be sustainable. And everything that he did badly was like, oh, the Hornets are really bad and they're not able to exploit him. But they tried. If you, if you wanted to, you could rewatch that game and find 20 plays of open threes or layups created by Julius just not giving a shit. Yeah, the first um, half especially was something. We're just lucky so that the like, Hornets are that bad at basketball. I don't know why we're supposed to be encouraged by Julius playing bully ball against a team that isn't, they're never going to play in a game that matters. Like, cool, cool. Julius can throw his shoulder into JT Thor and create layups. Like, yeah, that was cool for this game, but he was like, he was so lazy in transition, so careless in transition. I just hated everything about, except for certain minutes, which I mean, I mentioned on the Strickland account, he just looks so different when he's playing with a certain player and he's put in better positions to succeed. But when he's out there, like I haven't got, like, I, I know he's been slightly more successful. <clears throat> I don't think the Knicks long-term plan should be to have him run lots of pick and roll with Mitchell Robinson. I don't see that as an avenue to success for a good offense against defenses that give a shit. Like, I just don't think that's high volume. Julius operating pick and roll is good. Um, I think he has to be, the screener or he has to be, he has to be operating in mid post isolation. Those are to me, clearly his two most sustainable areas of success. Um, I did like how much on a decent amount of plays, how um, 
like committed. I, I, I'm blanking on a better word, but he wasn't hesitating in terms of like off the catch. He made a couple of nice swings. He made a couple of nice shots off the catch. I love that. Like that's sustainable. Like that's a Julius that we can see against anybody. If he's shooting off the catch, if he's pumping going off the catch, these are things you really want to see. But like, yeah, he had 23 points on eight of 16 shooting and like 75% of the good stuff came from just being bigger than the opponents. I, I don't like, I don't really give a shit about that. I, I It's cool, but it's cool well, that we were able they, to beat the Hornets because of it. This is, this is why I just can't really like be bothered talking about Julius every game anymore because it feels like every conversation is about, it's like through the lens of like, will this be okay when we play actual good teams? Tomorrow. In moments, yeah, in moments and in like situations where everything matters. And it's like, I just, I, if I do this for like the next 70 fucking games, I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> um, so I'm just like, yeah, I'll, we'll get to that when we get to it. I don't disagree with anything you said. I find myself often wondering what he's doing on either end of the floor. Uh, but uh, you look, I'll take the 23 points and 16 shots. I'll take the five assists to the three turnovers. I will take whatever and move on because uh, I got no, I, can't, <laughs> I can't I can't subject myself to to more of uh, Julius stuff. But guys, uh, his ankle. Come on, guys. Yeah, I the pick and roll thing is like it's a nice little wrinkle. I don't I if they want to do it a couple times a game, I don't have a problem with that. But like aside from that, I don't really love it. And I agree. Like I think that you know him and Brunson are really good individually but they don't build on that they don't build on that and like elevate each other or the group with like they're really good when they're on the floor together because they are really good like they individually are really good but it does not feel right now especially that like they are bringing along others to the party like i it feels like rj and and grimes and these guys are like kind of fitting in around that and i'm not sure what that means like does that is that bad is that you know i don't know i have no idea like what if they play like this like sure it's fine because we'll score a lot of points and, and i get that but you don't do you think it like- is bad though the longer rj plays like this don't you think rj shouldn't the the longer rj sustains this level of play both inside and outside the arc it's like he can't be the guy fitting in around them that 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 needs to flip right like it shouldn't I, he can't he can't just keep having these games where he's one for four from the field to start comes out in the first quarter and then comes back in and all of a sudden quickly is running the show and boom 12 points like like he can but but we are kind of like that's not helping against good teams impact. too that won't be right. the best way to approach games yeah no yeah, i mean I, I i agree with that i'm just saying like i i don't know i I, you're gonna have to deal with this for most of the season, I'm assuming, because I just can't see how they're gonna play any differently for as long as they have both Brunson and Randall. And I imagine both those guys will be here, and they are what they are. Like both those guys are talented scorers. One I think is much more talented than the other scorer, but I digress. Um, I just it's what it is. This is how you're gonna play it, and to some degree, like I don't know if it's like some huge problem. Like, I don't think it's like concerning in terms of his development long term is it concerning in terms of like are you fully exploring the uh all the possibilities available to you probably not um and you know maybe at some point rent rj is going to be playing so well that he just goes about getting it done like just doing it on his own um you know not 
and that can you know we'll see how that works out because at some point he's just gonna be like fuck this like i'm i i'm gonna get my shots up right now too and um you know if i i will say i did think brunson moved the ball fine in the first half like, he like just the ball wasn't get, sticking it just, just felt like whenever assist. he got it yeah he, he didn't get assist but there's like one like he made an extra pass to grimes in the corner that honestly when he did that i was like just shoot it like you're on fire like just fucking shoot it but i love i, I love that decision though yeah. I, I agree with you yeah i i did like in my head i'm like i'd fucking shoot it if i were you but i appreciate him kind of like you know understanding grimes hadn't really touched the ball at all at that point and getting him an open corner three, obviously, of course, uh, whenever Grimes wants to hold up his end of the bargain, that will also be nice. Um, but like, I, I, I thought he played a fine game. I, I don't think the one assist really does it justice. I, I didn't feel like he was totally domineering in the ways that we've seen at times to start this season. Um, R- or not RJ, Randall, I thought really was like, I don't know what the hell was going on. I thought he started the game well. And then I don't know what the hell happened with him when he came back in in the second quarter, at the end of the second quarter. He just decided like it was Julia's time on offense. Um, and then he has to happen at least twice a game. So, yeah. And then he did that again in the third quarter. And the funny thing about the third quarter is like the Julia's time thing works a lot better when he plays with the bench because they're able to like play around that. But when he does the Julia's time thing with the starters, it kind of just detracts from that whole group in a way that isn't great. Unless he's on fire. If he's on fire, then obviously. Yeah. Cause like last, last year, I felt like there was a lot of Julia's time in the first quarters with the starters but he had it going a lot of those times so like we were just like hey whatever like we kind of like pushed it off to the side we didn't really think much of it but now that he's struggling it's much more prevalent it's much more obvious it's much more in your face it's much more detrimental too yeah for sure um let's see we have some comments here that i will start to get into <clears throat> let's see we have Walcott Frazier he said he's still scared that RJ is going to have a 30% 20% 60% December here's to hoping his feast or famine ways are behind him just feast and maybe an occasional nosh from here on out what I find interesting about the shooting discussion is there's never any um, like middle ground to it so all the people right now who were saying like, and they're correctly saying this, by the way, that RJ is shooting the same from inside the arc, from at the rim, you know, from floater range, all these percentages have remained stagnant from the year before. The only thing that spiked is three point shooting, which has the most volatility. All these people that are saying like, Hey, like if, and when RJ's three point shooting comes back down to earth, he's just going to be, have the same efficiency. They never, ever said last season oh well rj is actually shooting below expectation and when he shoots closer to expectation his efficiency will spike they 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 didn't give him the same benefit of the doubt that in the other way like they're just saying and i'm not saying of course 50 percent from three isn't sustainable and if it is holy hell like god bless us um but you know even if he shoots like 37 to 40 percent like let's just let's 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 having plateau at 37%. I think most Knicks fans would have definitely signed for that at the start of the season, call it 37%. That's 55 ish true shooting percentage. And he's making better rim reads and he's defending better. 
I think most of us would assign for that at the start of the season. And there's no emphasis placed on any of those other things. It's just the outlier levels of three point shooting. And let's be clear. He is shooting at an outlier level right now, but it's not the only thing he's doing well. And I think it's disingenuous to imply that. Yeah. I mean, like the decision-making is much better. Um, I mean, overall, his shooting stroke just looks improved. Like, I, I, all right, Schwinn, making faces and shit. <laughs> but not like, I think, like, Prez and a lot of people, they, they pointed out, like, during the offseason, especially in FIBA, like, you know, the shooting motion definitely looks like it's changed, and it looks like it's changed for the better. Um, so, obviously, yeah, it won't be, um, you know, 50%. I'd love to be proven wrong, by the way, um, for the rest of the year. But, I mean, it's still... It's still something that's going to be a positive no matter what. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I also, th- I'm sorry, Schwinn. Okay, uh, I just want to say one thing. I thought it was cool that he had that help block. I know the, I know the, uh, I know the Hornets ended up scoring, but you love to see stock stuff from RJ. You like, like you want to see his hands active in passing lanes. And, you know, one of the things we always hear about from his biggest supporters is the wing size and uh, how he can, how that is an advantage over, you know, smaller guards he needs to use you know being a wing and help the team on the in- interior so i loved how he dug down into the paint and uh mm-hmm. got that block i thought that was pretty encouraging yeah yeah i thought that was good i mean it, i honestly it's just kind of like boring to say this one but basically everything i've seen from him this season i'm good with i mean has he had moments from like like the first game especially and i'm interested to see how he plays against boston because i thought that was you know, he got blocked by Porzingis like three separate times in that game. Just, oh, yeah. yeah. That was just, the game where he just kept like driving into him and he was just like, I'm yeah, going to finish over him no matter and, what. And, and to be fair to him, it wasn't just him, like him and Julius. And like, it was just really weird how aggressive they were about challenging him and to very little, with very little success. But uh, yeah, they, I, I'm excited to see how RJ does tomorrow. This will be a good test for him. Uh, and it's good. It's always good. It's interesting to see how like a guy responds to an opponent they've already faced and struggled against in the season. So it's a second chance against them. Uh, I'm very interested to see that. I'm interested to see how Brunson plays because Brunson did not have a good game the first time um, against, against Boston. He's obviously, he cooked them basically every time we played them last year and he was healthy. So I'm not too worried about it, but I just am interested to see how these guys respond early in the season. Uh, And, you know, look, if we want to, I'm sure there are people in here that are like, man, shut up. Like Julius played well today and good numbers. Um, I, I think, I think, the Boston game tomorrow will be a really good test for him as well, where it's like, Hey, like if you, I mean, if, if this is, we, if you think this is like a good game and, and he's back, but like, well, let's see you tomorrow because I suspect some of the situations he put himself in, in terms of or some of the situations he created um, off the bounce and everything would not go as successfully tomorrow. They're going to strip him. Tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but Derek White drew holiday. They're going to strip him, but uh, you know, maybe, Maybe he'll adjust. Who knows? So it'll be interesting Maybe. to see how all these guys play. Yeah, I'm not holding my breath, but it's possible. Um, one, of the, one of the things you said a lot about RJ last season, Schwinn, because you hate him, you know, you, you yeah. famously hate him so much, is one of the things you were you that confused you the most about the discourse is if all these people are so high on him, shouldn't they be the ones holding him to a higher standard? Like it was always confusing that the biggest RJ fans were like, "This is good enough." Last season, this is good, and I, I'm like, "He's not like he's right." Like, like, <laughs> I don't and know. so I kind of feel the same about Julius. Like I don't get how people who 
are Knicks fans and want the Knicks to do well, or are Ju- or specifically our Julius fans can watch this and be like, yeah, yeah, this is all like, no, he's clearly not playing all NBA basketball today. And yeah, it's just confusing to me that we can't, that you, you're apparently a huge hater. If you're like, yeah, I don't think this was good enough. Like I didn't love his defensive effort and I didn't love his pro- process on offense. It, it shouldn't be, uh, heresy to say that like you should just be allowed to say it and not be a hater but i digress yeah i mean i i, I agree with you like i don't and and maybe you know maybe you can chalk it up to just like you do think the injury is affecting him and and her and i i don't find that unreasonable i just you know there's stuff to me that isn't related to the, an injury that he's doing out there that that frustrates me now like obviously it's a lot easier to deal with frustration when you're up you know, fucking 15 plus for basically the entire second half of the game. And um, to some degree, like, I do think that he needs to like this. If you're going to force the action to find the rhythm, find your individual like rhythm, I, this was a great opponent to do that. Um, I think both him and Brunson did that effectively. Um, so that, that was good to see, but yeah, like I, I don't know. I, there's not really much to take from this game because the Hornets are really bad. Like I don't know else, but they're really bad. I it's it's wild to watch this team right now. They, it's like they're bad and they just lack talent. so much talent and they're not they're like weak. Like their team is weak. Uh they they don't You know what's wild though, Schwinn, is as bad like I thought they were really well coached. I, I don't know. I I maybe that's crazy to say. Like and I, I know Clifford is just a mini Tibbs. So like, maybe, I, maybe I, maybe this is just another example of me loving Tibbs, yeah, but right. I, I don't know. I went on both sides of the ball. I was like, I feel like they're doing, they're, they're trying to be in the right places. They're trying to exploit the right things. And I, I thought I, thought, I, I couldn't, there was nothing that I watched. And of course I'm not watching them as closely as I watched the Knicks, but nothing stood out to me as like, Oh man, Clifford is Clifford is really hurting them. You know? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's much he can do. Like, they're just a bad team, and they don't have good talent. And um, they, you know, Brandon Miller went out. That sucked. Obviously, Kai Jones, uh, he's not with the team. I don't even know. Did they wave him? They waved him, right? Yeah, they waved him. Yeah, he's not even with the team anymore. Book Knight was out. They had all these He's garbage, so. Yeah, he's not good. That fix them. But it just, there's so much talent and opportunities of talent they've just wasted. Um so they've I, really I, swung and missed on a lot of draft picks in the lotto these last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I, do, you, gotta, do you think there's like a support group for like Alonzo Trier and James Booknight types, like Hoopers who never got a fair chance? I mean, to be fair to, to Trier, like he actually had some good games in the NBA. Like, I don't know if Booknight's ever had a good game in the NBA. He's awful. Um, <laughs> Booknight is really bad. He's really bad. And they, they just have like, I don't know what they're building like i don't like why look at some of his stat lines from last year they were actually like hysterical i like why did like why why is theo maladon on the team taking 12 shots like i don't really get what this entire like i don't understand this roster i mean bryce mcgowan's okay this guy played 19 minutes tonight one of four two points did literally nothing else there's nothing else in his box score that's it one of four two they have a lot of players that are like all in the similar like Hooper sphere of like like they got Nick Smith, they got yeah. Amari Bailey, they got like all these like similar archetypes of players, and I just don't know what they're trying to build over there. I just don't understand their team at all. Um, 
And you, 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 the Knicks are like the worst team to play when you have those types of warts, because when you have guys like Hart and Mitch and Quickly and DiVincenzo and even now Brunson and RJ who are doing more off the ball, the whole point of Tibbs' scheme is helping recover. Like the Knicks are willing to live with Bryce McGowan's taking a slightly contested three and you're not going to win many games trying to beat a like the way the Hornets are built to win right now is with LaMelo ball going exploiting, nuclear, right? Going nuclear, but he can't, the Knicks aren't going to let that happen. Even though he had a really good game today. Or even if they actually, do, even if they do let him go nuclear, like they're happily, like le- they're happy letting him go off for 40 and everyone else is just like shitting. Themselves. Exactly. Um, I, well, I, I would say that Tibbs definitely <clears throat> built his scheme around making LaMelo balls tough today. LaMelo Ball's life tough today and I just feel like LaMelo hit a lot of tough shots um he's just a really good player I thought he played a good game that oh man that left-handed no look to Mark Williams that Mark Williams dropped so so nice um I'll I'll be honest I didn't pay too much attention to LaMelo defensively so he could have just been atrocious there but I thought LaMelo played a nice game in spite of the Knicks game um yeah his defense is not good I I just don't really get what you're building towards with this team. It's like they want to play fast, but then you're like giving Gordon Hayward. He's starting. I don't get it. Um, they should probably trade Gordon Hayward. Um, they can't. He's an expiring contract. I can't imagine they can't do that. But it's just I don't even know what PJ Washington was doing out on the floor today. Like that was a wild 22 minutes of just doing absolutely nothing that he pulled out of his ass. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. It, they're they're just. They're, they're, I think they're the worst team I've seen so far uh, early this season. Just super disorganized. It feels like there's no physicality in how they play. This was such a – this was a walk in the park, honestly, for the next night. It, it was like within the first, I don't know, five minutes, I, I was like it, whenever the Knicks even remotely get serious in this game, they're going to fucking blow these guys out. They're, they were terrible. Um, but, yeah, it is nice that we are uh, – like we played two bad teams in a row and we've smoked them. That's what you're supposed to do. Like you're, these games are not supposed to be competitive and uh, the Knicks are certainly doing uh, their, their best to make sure that is, that is how it works out. Yeah. I, I, I feel the same way I felt after what, playing the Spurs. Um, that's what I was trying to say that my brain just was not allowing me to say is that like, it's hard to take things away from games where like we absolutely blow out the competition um so i'm going to shift the conversation a little bit to jordan bob brings up what is our record on this road trip this road trip is absolutely insane by the way um who the hell made the schedule um but yeah we have um, boston on monday atlanta on wednesday washington on friday charlotte on saturday and then minnesota um next Champions. monday in is it can't be an in season? Season, it can't be an in-season tournament game. It's Minnesota. They're not in the next conference. Um, next in-season tournament game might be in Washington, I think Jordan Bob was trying to say. Um, but yeah, this road trip's insane. Um, I wonder if in the new CBA they added all these new add added all these back-to-backs. Cause like I feel like the schedule wasn't this bad these last like six or so years. Like the only time I can remember the schedule being this like densely packed was the lockout year in 2011, 2012, um, yeah. where there was like games, like th- three games in four nights, and like well, they had there were there were games back to backs. Yeah, there, there were stretches where teams played back to back to back. 
Yeah, and it feels like this is like the type of schedule the NBA is running again, which is insane to me. But um, it is a tough road trip, despite some of these opponents not being as good as us. Dude, what the fuck are these next jerseys? Jesus Christ. <laughs> are, the, are you talking about the ones with the multicolors? Yeah, this shit is fucking ass, bro. Holy shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think tomorrow's a tough one in, in Boston just off the back-to-back, even though we rested our starters. I do like us versus Atlanta. Um, just because Atlanta's defensively is not that good. I mean, the Heat's third stringers went in there and beat them yesterday. So, like, there's that. Washington, don't even get me started on that team. Um, I think we absolutely beat the brakes off them. Um, yeah, I mean, it, this game today, Julius, 27 minutes, Mitch, 24, Brunson, 27, RJ, 31, Grimes, 23, Hartenstein, 18, Hart, 27, DiVincenzo, 23, quickly, 26. Those guys barely played today. Uh, and also, like, it's not just the number of minutes they played. These are – I mean, this was some of the easiest minutes they're going to play all year. Like, they they barely had to get out of second gear. The, like, you, Jeff mentioned this, but, like, Randall basically did not do anything on defense for the first – most of the time he was on the floor, and it didn't even matter. Like, that's how ineffectual and kind of second-rate this Hornets team is. So – yeah, uh, the Knicks should be, you know, I know it's a back-to-back. I'm not saying, like, they shouldn't feel it at all. But, like, if you're ever going to have a back-to-back, this is a pretty decent one. You got it. You got an early game done. So you get, like, over, you know, 24 hours, really, to get rested and, and feeling good before being in Boston. It's not a huge road trip, right? Boston's not super far away. So, um, you know, this is, like, a decent chance. This is a good chance to, to maybe get a W here on the road against uh, the dastardly Celtics. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this could be too uh, – I could be setting the bar too high, but I feel like the floor for this five-game road trip should be three and two, like two and three at absolute worst. Like it would be it would be a nightmare if they did worse than two and three. <laughs> and like I can't imagine if they went two and three, I'd be, oh, yeah, no. They, I, I think they should take care of business against certain teams. I guess it would depend on how they go about – going to and exactly and that's such a great that's such a great point yeah because it could be like a bunch of close losses um but like if they're bun- if there's like a bunch of blowouts in these law lo- in these losses especially blowouts to bad teams then it looks that much more worse um but yeah if we're like losing a close game to boston and then like some bs happens like in washington where like pool decides to finally explode because you know that's definitely going to happen versus us yeah. um yeah then you have no choice but to tip your hat I now, Sam, because of you, have my like my Sam player of the game. Basically, the ridiculous opponent who's going to go off. That that's just going to make you mad. Like that, I'm like you're just sitting over there watching, getting getting mad that this guy's going off. Today it was JT Thor. <laughs> yeah. I was like, if JT Thor hits a couple of threes, Sam's going to freak out and be like, "Oh, it was the JT Thor game." <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but I definitely see the Washington game being the Jordan Poole game because like he has been absolutely abysmal to start the year. And lo and behold, he has the Knicks coming up on his on his on on his radar. And you know, he had that 41 point game versus us in the preseason. He's definitely thinking to himself, ah, this is a nice get right spot. Yeah, I played this, I played this team before. I, I scored 40, you know, even though it was preseason. Um, but yeah, I definitely see that happening. Um, but yeah, I think tomorrow's game should be pretty good. Um, even though Boston's been, I would say, one of the best, if not the best team in the league so far this year. Um, 
So, you know, good challenge for the Knicks. Hopefully, you know, guys like Julius and Brunson really get their shit together and, like, don't play as inconsistently as they have been these last couple games. So, Yeah. Um, the Washington game, I don't know. They're just not they're, – they're a lot like the Hornets, actually. Um, just not very good, kind of disorganized, and – I don't know. They're, I don't know what their goal is. Um, so whatever. But I think you'd agree they have more talent, though. Like there, there was nobody on the Hornets today besides Lamelo that you're like, oh god, what if they get going? You know, like at least like Kuzma and Poole, you could at least you have to be a, you have to at least be tuned in and not let them get in a rhythm. You know. And then this Kispert was gonna hit like three random threes and get me pissed. And and I've liked how uh, Advia has played so far this season. He's been kind of, um, like well rounded. He's kind of impacting, uh, all facets of the game, which is which they need. Obviously, the Wizards need. Gafford is tough on the interior. Like they have. They, they have, have players. They have, they have players. Exactly. They have <laughs> NBA players that can that you can't just. Uh, you can't just take it easy on. Well, yeah, like Tyus Jones. Um, you know, yeah. Even Gafford, he's not like an amazing center, but he's like a starting center. You know, he's fine. So yeah, yeah, they're they're they definitely have more guys. It just this would be another team I'd be pretty annoyed if the Knicks lost to them, especially because like they could conceivably they could conceivably lose the next two Boston on Monday, Hawks Wednesday. Um, so you don't want to go into that game, kind of. <laughs> that far off and then we get to play the hornets again next saturday very weird time 6 p.m i hate that time 6 p.m for like what a saturday game that's so yeah. odd so yeah. odd what is this college football i know even college football doesn't kick off at six come on it's very weird <laughs> like i have to i have well i don't have to i could watch it on a scum link on my computer but because of where i live i watch hornets and hawks games um in public but south carolina is very much college football country so like I don't know where I'm gonna oh, go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where I'm gonna go where I'm gonna be like, hey, can you turn off this college football game and turn on Bally's Bally's Charlotte for me, please? <laughs> I wanna watch the Hornets tonight. <laughs> yeah. Somebody actually came over to our table and was like, Who the fuck is watching the Knicks Hornets <laughs> game right now? And I was like, oh, that's me. <laughs> that is I. On NFL on NFL Sunday too. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Christopher Vieira, he asks, do y'all think the starters can ever move the ball and themselves the way the, sending, the second unit does with both Brunson and Skechers sharing the court together? It seems like two different teams. Um, I don't know. They're just like very two ISO-heavy players. Also, the way that they played last year kind of contributes to the way they're playing this year. They're able to find so much success in playing isolation basketball. It's very hard to tell two players like that to like, hey, just like start moving and cutting and passing the ball like crazy because like it could lead up it could end up leading to a lot of turnovers which we kind of saw in the earlier part of the season where they were like passing up open looks and it led to like a lot of turnovers just because they weren't used to playing that way so i don't think they ever will um i think you're just gonna have to play like i think we talked about how rj like you know if they're if they're good are they gonna have to fit around him i think rj's gonna have to find more success playing with that second unit to get his game off really more. I thought Schwinn made a good point earlier about Brunson. I thinking more about it. I actually like, I don't think one assist does Brunson's game today justice. I thought he played a very, um, from a process standpoint, just a very good game. Uh, I thought I liked every single shot he took. He, they were all in rhythm. 
all, you know, I love, I love when he takes more pull-up threes and I love when we're screening higher from him. I forget who did the thread recently about how advantageous it is when the bigs get above the three-point arc and let Brunson and quickly, especially step into pull-up threes. But I hope we keep seeing more of that. And yeah, I, I, there weren't too many possessions where I was like, Oh God, Brunson, like pass the ball. Like there, I just, I actually really liked his game today. Um, I, I don't know to Sam's point if it's just if it's ever going to get to the the chemistry and the style of the the second unit one because I think the second unit is kind of doing it more out of necessity than want like I think the starters are playing more how Tibbs prefers because it, because it reduces turnovers but I think when RJ and quickly are your two best players as opposed to Randall and Brunson they're just not as good at creating. <laughs> And I say that now, but I mean, God, Quickly and RJ are doing a lot of good stuff. I, I've never seen Quickly do this much in terms of getting two feet in the paint and collapsing the defense. And now he's like hanging in the air and manipulating defenders to create passes. I mean, but anyways, the point is, I think the ball movement comes because out, out, out of necessity, um, because you don't want Quickly and RJ just running a bunch of ISOs. Like you, you kind of are more okay with it when it's Brunson and Randall. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think I, I think the best thing to say though is that Tibbs is at least giving this bench group kind of like the latitude to play the way that they are playing more up tempo, uh, pushing the pace, and you know there's just inherently more cutting and movement in whatever they're doing versus the starters. Although the starters, I guess, did have some moments today. Um, yeah, uh, it, it's just. You know, um, it's just fun watching that group, honestly. I, just the way they're moving. I mean, like, Hart hasn't even played well yet. Even Chenzo hasn't really consistently found his stroke yet from three. And you imagine at some point that those things will fall in place. Like, Hart is moving better, but he's not necessarily playing at the level that we got accustomed to last season quite yet. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's still, like, that's kind of, like, maybe even more encouraging is that, there is plenty of growth even within that bench group and uh, you know, they're, they're, they're starting to get some sequences going where you really can kind of see how they all blend in well together. Um, just need to, you know, keep, keep getting the minutes and, and seeing how it plays out. There was one possession and I think it might've ended in a Josh Hart two pointer, but there was one possession where quickly and RJ both created open threes for Hart and he passed on both of the shots. And I was just like, it was just so frustrating. I was just like, man, he's got to shoot. Like sometimes if it really feels like he's more hesitant this year at shooting off the catch than he was at any point during the regular season last season. Oh yeah. He definitely is right now. It's like very noticeable. Schwen question for you. Would you rather be rather Randall be a Nick for the rest of his career or Mello get his jersey retired and hung right next to Pats? <laughs> uh, I would prefer if neither of those things occurred, I think. Um, would be my personal preference. But if I had to pick one, I will much rather have Mello get his jersey retired because um, – I, I just don't know if I could. I can't watch Randall for the rest of his career on the next. I can't. Do that. So that that will just that, that will 
I don't need to see that. I don't. I'm not hoping that for anybody. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take the mellow jersey retirement. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll be okay with it. Hey, teams have retired numbers for less, man. Teams have retired numbers for way less. Less. I saw. I saw. I saw operative word. I saw somebody yesterday respond to like somebody tweeted that the nuggets should co-retire 15 for mellow and Jokic, and then some knicks fan was like talk about disrespectful to mellow and i was like man the conversation about mellow is so irrational like there's just like what are you talking about <laughs> disrespectful to mellow like if Jokic retired today he is like i don't know that's that's crazy to me oh my goodness um so, Jordan Bob says Knicks shoot 35.7% from the field um, and 18% from three on second halves of back-to-backs this season. Um, do you think the Knicks go over or under these numbers in Boston? Over. If they go under, I will be very unhappy. That, those <laughs> numbers are pathetic. <laughs> they really yeah. are. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm hoping over. I don't know if I can watch game where they go under on that that would be really tough under 18 percent from three under 35.7 for the field yeah i if i have to watch an under performance of all those i i might lose it i don't know that, that would be pretty bad. schwinn your dad's a celtics fan too right he is a celtics fan that is correct yeah, yeah it's just been really hard for them this year you know it's just hard <laughs> it's really hard everything they've been through all those Eastern Conference finals and finals trips. It's just really difficult. My heart goes out to everything that he's had to deal with over the years. It's tough. So, uh, again, man, I saw a Chiefs fan, a Chiefs fan that posted some meme that was like, minutes one through 57, oh my God, I hate this team. How do I watch it? Minutes 58 through 60, oh, another win. It's like, dude, fuck off. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? The Chiefs? Yeah, it's so hard. <laughs> It's terrible <laughs> when they win Super Bowls. I hate it so much. Uh, did you uh, did you get through Strictly NFL this past week, Schwinn? Did you hear your shout uh, out? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'd call that a shout out. Uh, I felt like, <laughs> like a just a like I got shivved between my rib cage. Uh, that's what it felt like. Uh, yeah, I, I I will like this. I don't know this next team. Like we we talked about it before the year. Like uh, again, Brunson and Randall have not this is the first game where like they, again everybody kind of just had it going offensively and they destroyed charlotte without really breaking a sweat and um like quickly rj mitch those three guys have been the only three that i think you'd argue have been consistent to start the year like if randall and brunson like if they just get any semblance of rhythm grimes like this team is going to be a fucking monster in the east at least in terms of regular season like i i know they're five and four so it's like eh, are they uh, they're very good and once the schedule lightens up a little bit they're gonna go on a run 100 percent. yeah it's a bit jarring because i think i think we kind of take for granted how lucky we are to have guys who like can impact the game when they're not scoring um because usually when Brunson and Randall are going off it's like okay 
guys like Mitch, guys like Grimes, Quickly, et cetera, Josh Hart. Of course, it's, they're scoring less naturally when Randall and Brunson are scoring more. That's just only logical. Um, but they all find ways to impact the game, whereas Brunson and Randall are a little bit more dependent on their scoring to impact games. So, I mean, you're exactly right when the, the team will be a better version of itself when Brunson and Randall are more consistently impacting in ways we've seen them do plenty over the past, you know, calendar year. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Sam. Um, thoughts on the in-season tournament, guys? I know we haven't really have discussed it much on here. Um, I don't have any thoughts about it. I don't understand why everybody, like, has thoughts about it. I'm like, they're just fucking games. Like, they're regular season. They're regular season games that happen to be part of, like, this extra competition. And until I think they separate the competitions, like, they have to just make it its own thing. It shouldn't count as regular season games. They, they just have to eliminate those games from the regular season and count them as tournament games. You can still make sure everybody plays 82. So, yeah, that's that's my thought on that. Uh, I just don't really – I it's, like, weird when everybody's like, oh, how do you feel about the in-season tournament so far? I'm like, dude, if they did not have those ridiculous courts, I wouldn't even fucking know that it was the in-season tournament. Like, I also maybe call it something other than the in-season tournament. I don't know. Um, like, it will get a sponsor in a year, and it will be called like the Gatorade, this and that, or whatever it is, the Gatorade NBA Cup or some BS like that. You know. Well, like, I I always like the hell out of it. The best is like college football because you just get like the bowl games. You're like, oh, I didn't even know this company existed. Wow, <laughs> they have a bowl game. That's interesting. It's like they had been, they had one for a while. I don't know if it still exists. It's like the HomeFurniture.com bowl. I'm like, who the fuck wants to play in this? Like, yeah, dude, I'm going to the HomeFurniture.com bowl this weekend. Okay. I, like, I, I like the yearly i like the yearly dr pepper halftime throw-off thing like yeah. our very own our very own hunger games like you two <laughs> you you two will throw balls for our entertainment at the chance for getting an education <laughs> <laughs> so barbaric whoever, yeah whoever came up with that was smart <laughs> or oh evil God. or both yeah i mean I think this is a good point. This is from Ace Bouchard. Those games that RJ were insanely rough. Yeah, I mean, that just speaks to like exactly one, I think how poor Brunson and Randall were during that stretch. But two, like that how important RJ has been this season for the Knicks. And like he just didn't feel that way last year, right? You know, he felt a lot of times he was like superfluous or just kind Some of. Some games like, we were like, whew, thank God's RJ off the court. Yeah, like detracting. And I think now you're like, you actually kind of like miss it when he's not there. And I, and I don't mean just like, Oh, I like watching RJ play, but also you're missing it because you're like, Holy shit. Without him, this team is not, you know, they're not clicking at all right now. And like those games made it very obvious, but yeah. Um, yeah. They're, they're five. This is from JL five and two with RJ. That's all that matters. I mean, it's not just that they're five and two. They just looked really good in his minutes. And uh, you can see how like, you know, again, if Brunson and Randall give you anything, that team is really, really tough to beat. And uh, yeah, the, the offense, like I'm sure that I, I imagine that within the next couple of weeks, they'll be floating around that top 10 area and offensive rating um, and maybe even pushing higher. The defense I'm not really worried about at all, aside from Julius, like everybody else seems pretty locked in. I'm not saying everybody's been perfect or that he's the only guy who's fucking up at times, but like his effort and inconsistent inconsistency decision-making on that end definitely stands out in comparison to the rest of the team. 
I will say and that. what you just said, Schwinn, is why people who people who discount impact data and advanced analytics in favor of the eye test are kind of missing the forest for the trees because oftentimes I'm not saying they're perfect, but oftentimes impact data, impact data and these analytics, they're capturing what the eye test is showing you just better. So what did you just say? You just said that two things. You said this year he looks better um, in all of his minutes and he seems less superfluous. And then you also said that last season, it seemed like there were times where it was like, okay, let's get him off the court there. We have better guys, yada, yada. Well, last season, RJ won his minutes with the bench unit. Like when he played with quickly, when he played with these, those were the minutes when he played his absolute best. So that that is being captured that what you see with your eyes of like oh well it seems like rj actually plays a more fluid a better game with the bench yeah the the impact data is capturing that or when schwinn says last year he seemed more uh superfluous well guess what jalen and julius were playing at an all nba level last season rj the third the third option was shooting barely 30 percent from three of course he's going to seem that way that's what that the data is telling you is that when your third option is shooting 30% from three and you have these two all NBA players in front of him. Of course, you'd rather have a guy like Josh Hart or Emmanuel quickly coming off the bench in his spot. Who's going to shoot better from three. And last year and just in general is going to give you more consistent defense. So like when you watch RJ and you think, Oh man, I know what he's capable of. This data can't be right. You have to think about it. Not in terms of what is capable like long-term or what is he capable of at his ceiling and you have to think of it as how is he impacting winning in his role? Because in any particular season, that's the most important thing. I think most reasonable people when talking about RJ were like, I see the long-term vision. I see what he can be like at his ceiling, but he's not helping us right now. And I, I just feel like that gets lost in the conversation. The two extremes are so polarized and you can just never have that conversation this year with Jalen and Julius not playing as their best selves, all of a sudden what RJ does best in terms of collapsing defenses, generating kickouts, generating offense for teammates, that's more important than it was last year. And he's shooting 50% from three. So what a surprise. He's leading the team by a million and on off and on off, like in net net differential and Raptor and EPM, these stats like him a lot. Like, there, you don't have to dismiss stuff just because it doesn't align with your preconceived what the notion. Fuck is we should, try to, we should try to figure out why it's telling us that. Um, so yeah, little rant there, I guess. Sorry, I uh, interrupted you. To no, you're good. A great Joe Burrow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, I, I'm just I, I, the RJ thing is whatever. It's over. Like, get a bad season last year. If you felt good about what you saw fine i didn't i thought it was pretty bad and bad in ways that were discouraging uh but he's turned around honestly all the biggest ones all the biggest reasons i was concerned about him just in terms of like he looks better athletically he's moving better which kind of makes me think like maybe he did have something going on last year because his like he'd have that first month you're like can this guy move and then he has that december you're like okay good he like turned the corner everything's good and then he has like that second half of the year where there's so many games where you're like, are you you're like moving in slow motion out here? Like you're you're just so behind. And um to like 
to see all that and how it played out. And then obviously, and then in the playoffs, you're like, okay, so you're fine again. Uh, I don't know. I have to believe something was going on there in terms of like yeah, some kind of injury that we, we won't know and, and don't know about. But yeah, the way he's playing right now, again, like even if he was shooting 50% from three or the fuck he's shooting, like I, I think how he's playing just looks better. And it's not surprising that he's a strong on court positive and all the advanced metrics love him because um, that generally tends to happen when you're playing well. And he is playing well. So, uh, yeah, he, he's been great. I don't know what else to say aside from that. Like, I think other than Mitch, I, he's been our best player this season. Yeah, easily. <clears throat> oh, my God. I'm dying over here. Um, yeah, um, I think that that's all we that's thing. I think we've covered everything for today's game. I mean, we'll be back tomorrow for tomorrow's post game versus the Boston Celtics. Um, make sure you guys leave a like and subscribe. Thank you all for tuning in. Leave in the comments. Um, I, I don't think we figured out the issue with the super chat yet. Have we, Schwinn? No, I have no idea. Uh, but uh, we will try to get that figured out. Yeah. Uh, make sure you guys check all the links in the description. We got links to the site, Patreon, where Schwinn and Jeff both have sh- extra nicks and nicks adjacent shows we have strictly nfl with jeff and con and con who joined us on one of our previous post games we also have strict and roll which when um so those are all available via patreon make sure you guys check that out um sign up and you can also get access to the discord we also got links to the twitter make sure you guys are following us there and we got links to the merch jeff is wearing a nice baby blue the strickland sweatshirt that you can most likely find on the site um so yeah we will be back tomorrow after the boston celtics game um and we'll see you guys then enjoy the rest of your nfl sunday peace you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.